Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Glad you're here. Come on, give yourselves a round of applause for making it to church today. Happy Father's Day. I want to say happy Father's Day to my father-in-law, Dennis, and great to have all of you. I saw my friend Anthony in the back. God bless you guys. Uh, so anyways, hey, we're going to do something a little bit different today, as you can see. Chris, you just brought up your baby, huh? The, the ladies are going to be totally distracted. They're not going to just for the introduction. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. They're not going to listen to anything we're saying here. But uh, as you can see, I've invited a, a panel of uh, some of our male pastors and some of the male leaders in the church. And uh, these are our men that I just have profound uh, love and respect for. And they're going to share some encouragement. They're going to share some wisdom about being dads, about being husbands, about what it means to be men of God. And, and this would be kind of like if we were just sitting around having coffee or having lunch together and, and talking and sharing. Um, this is a great verse from Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. Listen to this. It says, if the ax is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. Everybody say wisdom. wisdom. Come on, say, say it again. Say wisdom. wisdom. Listen, you can learn from your own mistakes, but wisdom is learning from other people's experience and mistakes. And so we're going to all get some wisdom today. And uh, men after service, there's axe throwing. Did you see that outside? In fact, if you're wondering what happened to my face, an axe accident. No, I'm just kidding. I had, I had skin cancer removed, but we're going to have fun afterwards. Hey, uh, let's, let's, introduce, uh, let's introduce ourselves. Junior, we'll start with you down at the end. Um, so tell us about your family. Tell us about your work. And tell us about your, your, what you like to do for fun, one of your hobbies. My name is Junior Tutoilau. I am the Connection uh, Pastor slash Men's Ministry Pastor here. And uh, I have been married for 15 years to the beautiful queen right here in the front. Sandy, baby, can you just raise your hand? Thank you. And uh, we have one son, his name is Cody. And one of the things I do like to do, I am a licensed nutritionist and I help you to lose weight. My work can show from what I look like, so. Uh, but yeah, those are some of the things that I like to do. And uh, yeah, that's me. He laughed. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Dude, you know your... You know your pastime is the buffets. What are you talking about? <laughs> My name is Joe. I'm married to Julie, Julie Valenzuela, who's the children's minister here at The Cause. We've been married for 23 years. Yeah, yeah that's what I say. We have four children, two boys, two girls. Um, I am a business owner. I own and operate my own alarm company. And for fun, I like to... Um, we, we enjoy... Our family likes to enjoy water sports. You know, you get in a boat, put a jacket on, go water skiing, do all that kind of stuff. That's what we enjoy doing. I'm Pastor Chris, and I'm an associate pastor here at The Cause. I uh, oversee the facility, all the production stuff, the lights, video, sound system, uh, the uh, marriage ministry, the IT stuff, kind of the behind-the-scenes operations guy. That's uh, kind of what my calling is and what God has gifted me for at this time. 
my wife, uh, Lorraine, and I have been married for eight, 19 years, 19 in July, actually, so 18, almost 19, so I'm okay. Uh, it'll be 19 years July 12th. Uh, we have uh, four great kids, uh, Tyler, Sarah, Seth, and Caitlin, just recently added one foster kid as well to our family, so we now have five, and that is a lot of fun. So uh, things I do to enjoy, things I enjoy doing, I enjoy actually working with my hands and doing stuff like... Um, woodworking or just building things. I, I really enjoy doing that and seeing something come uh, to creation, so. Hey Amen, all this stuff up here behind is Chris is doing, so he's really, really talented. <laughs> Me and a handful of great volunteers, yeah. yeah well, it takes a great leader. Um, my name is Tim Arietta. Um, my wife is Jenny Arietta. This beautiful young lady sitting in the front row. Did you want to stand up this time? No, yes, no, no. <laughs> there she is, there she is. We've been married for 41 years. She looks like she's been married for 10 years. I look like I've been married for longer than uh, Dr. Harris. But anyway. <laughs> uh, we have three beautiful kids, uh, Joshua, Nathan, and Alicia. If they're showing pictures, you could probably see them up behind us with uh, their spouses and, and girlfriends and stuff like that. But what a wonderful family. Um, some things we like to do for fun is, is camping. Uh, traveling in our motor home um, with the kids. We like to do ATVing uh, uh, out at the Coral Pink Sand Dunes in southern Utah. And we always have a great time together when we do that. My name is Chris Costello. I'm the Youth and Young Adults Director here at The Cause. Thank you, Roy. Appreciate it. Uh, as you saw, I just had my beautiful little daughter up here. She's eight weeks old. And I'm married to the amazing... Babe, my hot wife, come on, stand up, babe. Right. <laughs> Just kidding, that's a, that's a joke, pastor joke, I guess. You, As you, you should go back joke. and watch the 10 o'clock service, by the way, and listen yeah. to some of the stuff that he said. You don't need to do that. When you have free time. You don't have to do that, love. We don't have time. Uh, anyways, um, some of my favorite things, um, I love smooching on my girls, and I love playing disc golf. Any disc golf players out there? All right. <laughs> they, all right. Cool. Literally won. Yeah, thank you. Very oh, cool. That's awesome. I think, I think Roy was just raising his hand to help yeah, Chris he out, too. I don't that. know that he actually does. I think Chris paid him money to just applaud anything that he says during the, the, during the panel. That's a real friend right there. That's right. Hi, my name is Matt Harris, and I'm married to this very beautiful young lady down here, Mary Harris. We've been married for 44 years. Amen, somebody. We have two beautiful children um, We have uh, that serve in the United States Navy. My son is stationed in Coronado, and uh, my daughter is currently serving her fourth tour of duty, and, and uh, her name is Maisha, and she is serving on the, United, on the uh, USS Truman in the Middle East, part of the peacekeeping forces uh, with NATO, uh, dealing with this whole uh, Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So we really lift up, uh, lift up our troops and lift up that country that has been invaded unprovoked. And so we pray for the peacekeeping forces. Our daughter is on the wall, protecting a freedom that we should never take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. So I thank God for all of our military forces. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I direct a counseling center in Los Angeles. And uh, we thank the, the church for uh, supporting us as a part of your mission outreach. And uh, we've been in existence for 36 years. We serve about 1,000 youth per year, rescuing them from gangs, drugs, and violence. Yeah. Amen. One of the uh, uh, things that we do for fun, I just turned 67 years old this year. 
And so my wife did something real creative. She took me to Disneyland. And I uh, wanted to get on this ride called Star Wars uh, The Resistance. If you haven't been on it, it is not age appropriate for people that are 67 years old. <laughs> I got on that ride, I survived it, I loved it, and it was a great day. And Disneyland is a great, one of the happiest places on the earth. So we enjoyed it. I enjoyed it being with my family and I praise God for the opportunity to be able to enjoy the journey. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Harris. So what's, what's something that uh, we could do with our families that's not too expensive to create some great memories with our, with our kids as dads? Anybody, anybody can jump in. Just take them to the park. Get some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or tuna fish sandwiches or something like that. Take them to the park. Get a Frisbee. Throw it. Make some memories. You don't have to spend a lot. I mean, you have to go to Hawaii all the time like Pastor Junior. You know, you don't have to be <laughs> reaching for the extravagant. He's got it popping, but not everybody's got uh, it popping. Uh, do, but, but make it intentional. Do something meaningful and rich. And I guarantee you, you're, they won't forget it. You're, uh, those will be the memories you'll cherish and hang on to. Yeah, I would say a good thing, sorry, a good thing is camping. Um, finding time to do something else away from home, have a, have a destination, even if it's not you know, too far away. It could be a closer destination, but do those things with it to build the memories with your kids. Yeah, I mean, you could do something as simple as bowling. A few, probably a couple months ago, we went bowling, actually, with this guy and his family, too. Just really easy. Be intentional, I think, is the underlying thing of what, of what, these, of what we're all saying, is be intentional, plan, for those things, whether it's uh, a big vacation or just something simple like going to the park and, or even just shooting hoops outside if a neighbor's got a basketball uh, hoop or something like that. Because your kids remember, they remember those moments when you invested in them, when they felt something. Um, I mean, we, we all go day, day to day trying to do our best, but when you have those special moments, those are what stick out to, in their mind the most. My daughter, Caitlin, loves Big Bear, and like, we're like two weeks left at the end of school. Because, and the reason she loves Big Bear is because it's a place of rest, it's a place of retreat that we, that we like to go to as a family. So two weeks left in school, she goes, I just really need to go to Big Bear right now. <laughs> she, she just wanted to get that sense of uh, a family time together and, and getting some rest. So that's what you want to do is you want to have intentional times that your kids will remember. That's great. We've been uh, in a series, if you've been around recently, we've been in a series called Origins and we're focusing on Genesis and the first few chapters. And so one of the verses that we've read it probably every week is Genesis 127. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so even though, uh, of course, we're all made in the image of God, men and women are completely different in so many ways. So guys, what's something that you could share to the women here and maybe specifically to the wives that will help them understand, understand men and their husbands better? Can't answer. My wife's here. <laughs> <laughs> Just as an encouragement to the, to the husbands out there and the dads, um, your husbands really do want to please you. It's really our intention to please our wives as much as we can. Now, we may not be the smartest about the way we go about doing that sometimes, but we really do. So when, when you think or you see that your husband is doing something for you, he really does want to please you. So be grateful for that. Be thankful for that. 
And then later on, in a period of non-conflict, you can kind of throw some hints about what you might like next time. That's good, Tim. I think the one thing I'd say is, ladies, uh, the men in your life are not women. <laughs> and I mean that. Uh, God intentionally created both men and women different for a different purpose. Uh, uh, we, we are, like, what's that book? Uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, right? Uh, we, are, we are different for a purpose. So don't expect your, your husband or your, your male sons at home to be uh, wanting and excited to sit down and just have a chat for three hours about how you're feeling and, and all that. that. They're not made to do that. We're not, we're, that's just not us. And so uh, I, I do want to encourage you, though, what you should do as ladies is, is, is help your man feel valued, right? He should be, uh, uh, feel like he's the hero. If you're young, if you got young ones in your, in your household, uh, speak about him to them as if he's a hero. Build him up in their minds because that's gonna reinforce um, a biblical man even to them. We were on a camping trip one time and, and my kids, um, we were out, we, we took our fishing stuff, we were camping uh, up in the Sierras and, and my kids went fishing. There was another couple of kids they found in the playground. They went over to the stream, were like casting their lines out there. They don't know what they're doing without, you know, they were just young. But one of their friends who uh, did not have a dad, it was a single mom, God bless her, uh, doing her best to raise the two kids. Her, his line got all tied up and my kids said to him, oh, bring it to my dad, he'll fix it. <laughs> So they brought it to me. I was able to get it done. But, but the fact is, is that, is, is, is that you, wanna, you want your kids to have those moments. You want them to respect the, the men in their life, especially if they're godly men. You want to build yeah. them up because that's what the value is that then they'll remember when they get older. Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's I, I, probably two parts of it. Um, one, I think it's very important that a woman finds out how your man was brought up and how he was, what was the communication in his home? Because often men will react to certain things or do certain things because that's all they know is how to react the way their mom and their dad, how their dad reacted to their mom. So it's good to find out how your husband was raised and then tweak it. Second thing is this, it's very important. Always remember your kids listen to everything. So when your husband leaves the house and he's at work and you're talking with your sister and he goes this, and your son or daughter hears that you're saying, hey, you're, my husband is a low down, dirty loser, whatever, whatever. Guess what? I always tell the football players, practice doesn't make perfect, it makes permanent. If they continually hear you badger your husband on the phone, well, guess what? That's what their perception of their dad will be. And so it causes chaos in the house. So I, I think it's well, those two very important. Find out what was his upbringing, and you can alter some things. Number two, always remember your kids are listening. Like just I think it was Pastor Chris that said it. Continually yeah. talk good about your husband. Yeah, that's good. Uh, um, here's a different question. So what what man has had the most profound spiritual impact in your life, and 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 why did they have such a significant impact? Uh, I would say that my father has had, and my father-in-law, have had a profound impact on my life. My dad uh, was a uh, World War II vet, and he fought to defend a freedom that he was denied, but he yet believed in a freedom that we were beginning to realize. And so when, you, when you're we were faced with racial tension, 
in the uh, 60s and in the 70s, and I watched my father navigate his family, navigate us through that very turbulent time of overt racism with integrity. And our home was always a place, a safe place. And my father was a provider, and he led by an example. There are certain things that can be taught. There are other things that have to be caught. And I watched my father by example, and it gave me the courage to be able to face some of the things that I have faced, to navigate our family through challenge and through change, and to be able to be a provider and to, and to offer a safe place in our home. And that came as a result of watching both my father and my father-in-law navigate their families uh, through a challenge and change. I think two people, I think two people, number one is my father-in-law. Um, really showed me how to be a man, what it was to take care of my family, and how to adapt that with the Word of God. Second one was Pastor Bob. Um, uh, you talk about spiritual leader, spiritual father. I, I think he set the tone for me in, in the most hardest and darkest time of my life. Uh, that was the man that really believed in me and, and spiritually built me up. And I really say that today I am who the pastor I am is because of Pastor Bob. So I think those two people really, really influenced me. Yeah, for, for me, it would have been your dad, John, Pastor Bob. He was um, just a, a very special friend to me. I got to spend a lot of time with Pastor Bob as a, uh, the group that Chris was talking about getting together in the mornings. We're still doing that, by the way, Chris, know. you know? So... Um, <laughs> I got to, he knew my heart, he knew who I was, I knew who he was, I knew some of his struggles, and he knows my struggles, and uh, he was such an inspiration, uh, such a steadfast uh, pillar in my life, and I uh, thank God for every moment. What's, what's something, uh, you know, all of us have heard you guys talk about your, your own dads, and you know, thank God all of us were blessed to have really great godly dads but some of us aren't, you know, some of us came from homes where that wasn't modeled, our dad wasn't around, or, or if he was, he, you know, he didn't walk with the Lord. So, uh, and, and so we haven't seen maybe what it looks like to be a godly, a godly dad, a, a godly husband. Um, so what would you wanna to say to somebody who's kind of grown up in that environment to encourage them to, um, you know, how, how do I do this? How do I, how do I be a godly dad? I've never seen that before. Yeah, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to surround yourself with people that you want to be like, yeah. right? Because who you're around is what you're going to become. Yeah. So if you're around the wrong crowd or the bad people, even your kids, who your kids are around is who they're going to become because of the influence in their life. So you want to become somebody, get yourself around them. Tim was just mentioning a, a group that I was a part of for about 12 years in the beginning of the church years. My dad was a part of it, Tim was a part of it, Pastor Bob was a part of it, along with a handful of great other men uh, that met together 6 a.m. every Thursday morning for breakfast and we just would do life together. We'd talk about uh, the word and or we'd just talk about what's going on in each other's lives and we'd pray for each other. It was an open, honest place. But we got together, we were intentional about it. Right, that's what you need, guys. You, 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 we are not made to do life alone, right? The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, uh, another man sharpens another. No lone rangers, just like Pastor Joe just said. So you've gotta get around people. And then have a vision, 
That's another big thing too that I think is important. Have a vision for your marriage. Have a vision for your family. Have a vision for what it is that you feel like God has called you to do and who you're supposed to be. Don't just go through the motions. Anybody can go through the motions. And if you aim at nothing, you're gonna hit it every time. Have a vision for what you're targeting for. If it's a deeper relationship with the Lord, what does that look like? Search it out. Read some books. I've got a list of books here that, I, that I've read over the years that have impacted me. Get around other guys. Ask them questions. Yeah. You know, take them to lunch. Whatever yeah. it is, get a vision for, for what it is that you want to Chris, be. Chris, talk about, Sam, I'll go to you in a second, but Chris, talk about that for another second. How do, you know, how do we get a vision? How do I get a vision for my family or for, for my marriage? What are, the, what are the practical steps to do that? Yeah, so actually I had prepared a few notes for this, but so there's kind of five steps, practically speaking, of, of, of how you can kind of come find your way to a vision. The first one is prayer. Don't just pray storm, or don't just brainstorm, pray storm. Ask the Lord, God, what, it is that you, what is it you want from me? What it is that you'd like me to do? Where is it, right? Submit it before the Lord, seek him and ask him. The second one is do your homework. Read good books. Uh, you know, books are the seedbed of vision. They plant things in you. Even though you might not remember all the words in, these, in, in books, they plant things yep. in you that then will, you'll recall and that will help you to focus in on what it is uh, that you feel like God is calling you to do. Take a vision ret- retreat. Take time away to, uh, to seek the Lord outside. Because when you change your perspective, when you change where you're at, it changes your perspective. Change of location equals uh, change of perspective, right? And you see things differently. So take number three is take a vision retreat retreat. Number four is write it down. Uh, the process starts by taking inventory of your past. What are your things that you like, your passions? And then the, the final fifth thing is actually rewrite it. <laughs> you thought you had it, but then right. once you take all of those things into account, you rewrite it. Good writing is bad writing that's been edited, right? So that's, that's, those are kind of the five key steps to writing down a vision for yourself. One of the uh, challenges that we face, uh, uh, running a counseling center in Los Angeles is that um, many of the, uh, the, the families that we're working with, about 75% of the families that we're working with come from single, pa- uh, single fa- uh, parent, uh, female head of households where the father is missing out of the household. And uh, so we see men that oftentimes these young boys coming into the, into the counseling center, what they call sagging and bagging pants off the hips and and you want to say to these kids you know lift up your pants but the one thing that we we find is that if you lift their spirits if you lift them they will lift their pants you don't have to tell them to lift the pants the other thing that that encourage these kids with is this you know there's so much misogyny going on within within the community and so much abandonment of homes and that uh, what what tends to happen is is that you know these kids end up thinking that they're a man because they can make a baby. So what we try to encourage them to do is that you're not a man because you can make a baby, you're a man because you know how to raise that baby. You know how to resource that baby. So we've coined a phrase, Pastor John, to be able to help these young men. We're not just pointing a finger at them and saying you need to do better. But what we have discovered is this, is that to be transformational, you must become relational. So we develop a relationship with these kids. We develop a, a partnership with these kids. We help these kids. We mentor these kids. And so where the father is not present, we try to be present with them. We try to expose them to the body of Christ. We're networking with churches within South Central Los Angeles where these kids are exposed to other men that are showing them 
a way by developing a love relationship with them that says that God loves you unconditionally, no matter where you come from. We're not pointing our finger at you, but Jesus said this, that you will know that they are my disciples by the way they love one another. These kids deserve love, and love is transformational. Yeah. Powerful. Thank you, Dr. Harris. Tim, Tim, you wanted to share something. I, I just had a quick comment that if, 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 you, if you don't know how to do these things, or if you haven't done them and you want to do them, if you're here today, that's a fantastic first step. Yeah, yeah, just get, just get an environment, just get around some, some men. Any of these guys can help you. Ask questions, I think Pastor Chris said that. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, it says, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, <laughs> be strong, all that you do must be done in love. In fact, we're calling this panel today, we're calling it Act Like Men. And so guys, what, what does it mean biblically? What does it mean scripturally? We've kind of touched on it a little bit, but just to ask it in a more direct way, what does it mean to act like a man? What, is the, what does the word of God say about that? Um, I'll take it. Somebody's wallet in the aisle right there. Who's is that? Is that you, Diego? I got you, bro. Got you. I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just grabbed it after. Um, Act like a man. Yeah, that was me acting like a man right there. So uh, there you go, by example. Um, so um, actually, NLT, that was the NASB. Um, NLT says this, 13 and 14, same, same verses. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. And um, I know when I read that, what stands out to me as, as a guy is be strong, be courageous, and I kind of have this idea of, okay, what that looks like to be strong and be courageous, and I'm gonna be tough, and, and I'm gonna be a protector, and I'm gonna be a defender, and I'm gonna stand up and stick up for my wife, and, and uh, you know, I'm gonna be this sort of tough, strong man. And, and I think that is super important to be, to be uh, bold and courageous and strong and tough, and I think that's super important. But I think going further in the scripture um, to have, moral courage. And even if in the next two verses, right after that, it says, uh, you know that Stephanus and his household were the first of the harvest of believers in Greece, and they are spending their lives in service to God's people. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion. And then even later, it says um, to have uh, to have extreme, uh, wow, I can't even remember the word, appreciation. Um, and so, I think what this means to me is, you know, right after he says, stand firm, be courageous, be strong, he then says, right, literally right after that, to submit and to have extreme appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, what does it look like to have moral courage? I think oftentimes it looks like having self-control and yeah. gentleness and appreciation. I think one of the strongest things you can do is have self-control and rather than looking at strength and, and being courageous as this sort of big, strong, tough, you know, nobody mess with me, nobody disrespect me. I actually think it's allowing yourself to be disrespected without having the pride to, to puff up, but to actually have humility and to be gentle and respond with gentleness. So in 1 Corinthians 13, to build a little bit on, on what Chris said, I mean, to be a man, what does it really mean to be a man? The Apostle Paul said, I could do everything. I could do anything, but without love, it's like a clanging symbol. It doesn't mean anything. So you want to know what's hard? Listen to this. 
Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. How many of us are keeping accounts, you guys? Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, and that word is all things. Yep. Believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. That is a something we should probably tape on our refrigerator. And when your wife calls you with that certain tone in her voice, <laughs> say, honey, just a minute. I'll be right with you to get that verse and read it. And say and, and realize how we need to react to our wives. Amen. Good. And ladies, can you just like give us a break, like lay off for just a minute, would you? You <laughs> only said that because Ev stepped out. If she was still She's in the front row, I wasn't gonna say it, and then she walked out. I was like, okay, you can say it. Dr. Harris, what were you gonna say? <laughs> That's a hard act to follow, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, when I, uh, when I first got married, my father-in-law said some things to me, uh, that helped me to understand how to walk in manhood. Uh, when I first, you know, asked his daughter in marriage, he took me to a remote place in Pomona that to this very day, I don't know where that place is. And he said, uh, son, I want to ask you three questions. Uh, number one, do you love God? Number two, do you love my daughter? And number three, do you have a job? <laughs> Come on now. Being a man means that you are a provider. Yeah. Being a man means that you are, that you love your family. And being a man means that you love God. Amen. Amen. So good. We're going to start, Junior, we'll start at the end uh, with Pastor Junior, and I'll just let you guys kind of walk down the, the row, but what's sort of one final word of encouragement, wisdom, challenge that you'd want to give to us today, specifically to the guys? Yeah, I, for, my, my last comment is, is directed towards those who are maybe a grandma, grandpa, or even you're a single parent raising your children. I want to encourage you this, do not stop loving the kids. If you're a grandma, you don't know how to raise them. And you, I, I talked to a, a man last night. He said, my wife died, and I have to be mom and dad in my household. I want to encourage you today, continually love them. No matter what they go through, keep loving them. Keep loving them. No matter what walk of life they choose, keep loving them back to the cross. Do not give up on your children. Whether you're, you're a grandma, grandpa, or you're a single parent, like I said, I'm, I'm talking to you today. I want to, even if you're watching online, I want to encourage you today. Keep loving your children. Do not give up on them. Amen? Amen. 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 I want to say, by the way, Pastor Junior models that as well as anybody I've, I've seen. He, he lives what he just said right there. And, that, and that's why his life has such an impact on so many. So, Pastor Joe. Amen. Uh, for Father's Day, because it's Father's Day, dads, don't be afraid if your kids get angry at you or get frustrated at you or get mad at you, you are not called to be their friend. Yep. You're called to be their father. Wow. And you've got to make the hard choices. We are not raising children. 
We are not raising kids. We should be raising adults. Yep. There's a big difference. Yep. We need to be raising fully functioning followers of Christ. You know, if it means a little bit of heartbreak and disappointment and... <laughs> Look, when they get flat tires or when they're in trouble, or they're still going to be calling dad, okay? They still do. Or when something good happens. It's not just the bad things, all right? Even when they're married, you got to say, sweetheart, I love you, but you need to call on your man first, okay? Don't be afraid if they're mad at you. You know, healthy, if we're being honest with ourselves, healthy. I could do it by show of hands, but how many have ever been upset or frustrated or questioning God? Is he not our heavenly father? Okay. But does he not abate those questions and settle our hearts when we finally come around, even if we have to take that class 101 again, guess what? Ultimately, okay, I get it now. Yep, yep. I get it now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. It doesn't mean that we fall out of love with them or anything. Don't be afraid if your kids are upset with you or mad at you or anything. Hey, it's not easy to do the things that you It's not always popular to do the things that you have to do. Yep. But you still have to do them yep. as a man and if you're following the Lord. Yep. If you're following the Lord. Yeah, good word. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to share something I haven't sh shared at the other services because I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit. I shared it actually at the women's uh, study a few weeks ago, believe it or not. But your position determines your decisions, and your decisions will determine your position. So if, if, you, if you can hear that, your position will determine your decisions. So good, Chris. When you're on your knees before the Lord, if you say, I'm just stuck, I, I just keep making the wrong call, I, I go to, the, to anger right away, or I'm stuck in this, or I'm stuck in that, your position will determine your wow. decisions. Are you starting here? Yeah. Are you starting your day here? Are you starting it off right? And then when you get there, then you're gonna make a dis different decision. Yep. Sometimes you need to make a decision to get somewhere, whether it's church or whatever, so you can get to a different position, right? right? Yep. Because your decisions will also determine your position. Yep. And it, 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 it I, I just can't say it enough, it'll impact your life. Yep. Good word. Amen. Thank you, Chris. Found a, a kind of a neat scripture in 1 Peter 4.10. And this is for men, you, this is something that you can actually grab onto and take home with you today and impart to your, to your kids and to your spouses right away. It says in 1 Peter 4.10, as each one of us has received a gift, Peter's proclaiming that, we've each received a gift. He says to minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And I got to that word manifold, and I thought, boy, that's a, that's a very masculine word. <laughs> you know, a lot of us guys work on engines or look at engines, and there's intake manifolds and exhaust manifolds, and there's all that fun stuff in there. Um, and, but, but manifold means many. And I took uh, the example from our pastor, John, and I found the Greek word for manifold. And because if you use a Greek word, it makes you look really smart. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta fake it to make it, Tim. <laughs> I realized that it was just a push of a button and all of a sudden it came up, popped up. Well, the Greek word for manifold is poikilos. And it means various or of various sorts. Yeah. So 
I always pictured God's grace as this one big thing, but it's not. There's so many different applications yep. of God's grace in our lives, and it's, it's just a pretty cool thing to think about. Um, to, re, to reinforce that word manifold, in Nehemiah 19.19, it talks about manifold mercies, so there's many mercies. Psalms 104.24 says there's manifold works. There's all different kinds of works. There's many kinds of works. In Amos 5.12, it talks about manifold transgressions. There's many different kinds of sins. In Ephesians 3.10, and this is all the same word, you guys. In Ephesians 3.10, it says manifold wisdom, different kinds of wisdom. So that word manifold means many. So we can go and we can minister grace in, er in everything we do and the people that we come in contact with and, and have, we have that responsibility as good stewards. When my mom took me to Sunday school when I was a little guy, she probably didn't know it, but she was ministering grace to me. Yeah. When you guys bring your kids to the youth programs or to the child care or whatever's going on here at the Cause Church, you're ministering grace to them. Yeah. When we go out yeah. and we pray for somebody, we're ministering grace to them. When we have an encouraging word for our spouse or for our kids, we're ministering grace. So know that, guys. Know that you have the power and the authority to go forward and minister grace. Talk to your kids and your grandkids. I love you. That's important. But more important, Jesus loves you. Yeah. Yeah. That'll get into their hearts and into their beings, and then one day they will make a decision for Christ. Yeah. On, okay? Man. That's what it's about. It's a big picture. Amen. Amen. Good. Yeah. Good yeah. Uh, I actually kind of feel led to share something a little bit different, too, than I have the last three services. Um, so it's not a joke. <laughs> Everybody is expecting me to say something crazy, and I'm not. Um, you can't love um, anybody, but it, specifically I'm talking in the context of your, your spouse or your wife. Um, you can't love them as you're called to love them if it's about you. Um, because that's self-serving, that's selfish. Even sin always is rooted in self-serving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no one ever sins on, the, for the, on behalf of somebody else. Does that make sense? You don't fall into sin. Um, and so you can't love your, your wife uh, or your spouse or your girlfriend or whoever it is when it's about you. Um, even, you know, God, the, the Bible says, husbands love your wives um, like Jesus loves the church and he, he equates the bride of Christ, which is us, and him being the groom. He says, husbands, love your wives like I love the church. Jesus said that he came not to be served, but to serve. So to be a man is to serve. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the thing that I felt God had led me to say is stop looking at other women. Stop looking at pornography. Um, that's all about self. It's all about you. It doesn't serve anybody but your own flesh. That's selfishness, that's sin. And that is not being a man. Being a man is resisting those temptations because there's other things that you can look at everywhere. We have access to it all the time, 24 seven. We can look at whatever we want. There's things all around. It's summer season. We live in Orange County. There's more stuff to look at sometimes where you're at. But don't look at those things. Begin to develop a discipline within yourself and a resolve within yourself. And I'm talking to, I'm talking to husbands who have been married for 50 years. I'm talking to guys who are years from even getting married. If, you, if you're not married, if you're single, you shouldn't be looking at any girls at all like that. You shouldn't be looking at porn. Start now because it is, it is a bad habit 
that will grow and it will only get worse. And, and it doesn't magically go away when you get married. So that's my encouragement to everybody. I would say this, don't forget to look at your wife in the, in the eyes like I look in my beautiful wife and her big brown pretty eyes and say, I love you. Mary, I love you. No matter what your age, enjoy the journey. Don't let this gray hair fool you. There may be a little snow on the roof, but there's still a fire in the furnace. Come on, somebody. Are you talking about having sex? <laughs> Somebody's trying to get lucky tonight. It's always the light-skinned brothers with the best comments, huh? <laughs> oh, man. And recite poetry to your loved one. Mary, I want to devote this poem to you. The river is wide, I can't step it. I, baby, I can't help it. <laughs> I love you, Mary. God bless you. Amen, amen. Amen. Dads, would you all, let's, let's stand to your feet. If you're a father, would you stand to your feet, uh, uh, dads? And uh, Dr. Harris, I want to I wanna ask you to pray for our dads. If there's a father around you, would you stretch your hands towards them right now or lay hands on them? And let's bless them in, in Jesus' name. Lord, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for each and every dad in the room. We thank you for the fathers that are here present and for us to walk in this tremendous responsibility that you've given to us. Again, it's not having a baby, but it's knowing how to raise the baby. It's knowing how to love our families. And it's knowing how to love our families, our wives, unconditionally. The way that you have loved us, you modeled that love. And you said, by this, by this new commandment I give to you, that you learn to love one another the way I love you. You've given us a model. You've given us light in the midst yeah. of darkness. You've given us hope in the midst of despair. You've given us healing in the midst of brokenness. You have forgiven us of our sins. You rose from the dead, even above any other religion. Muhammad didn't get up from the grave. Buddha didn't get up from the grave. But on the third day, Jesus got up out of the grave. And he said, I declare unto you and I give to you power to overcome, yeah. overcome sin and overcome the devil and overcome brokenness. Yeah. You've given to us that power to walk in our calling. We pray that there will be an impartation of your spirit right now among and every one of these dads to walk in the calling and the victory that you have the provision that you have already made for us. We are careful to give your name the praise. You are worthy to be praised. Yes, you are, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, say it like you mean Amen. it. Let's give Amen. God another great hand clap offering. Dad's Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Dad, stay standing. Stay standing, dads, if you would. I'd like to invite all the rest of the men, even if you're not a dad, all the rest of the men, even if you're a teenager in here, you're a teenage uh, boy, young man, stand up. Guys, stand up. And Chris Costello, I want you to pray now for, for all of the guys, if you would. Even if you're, how, it doesn't matter how old you are, all, all guys stand up. Boys, stand, guys, stand up. Lord, I just thank you for every young man, uh, every man here in this room. Lord God, I just ask that they would be encouraged, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we have the, the perfect model of a man, you, Jesus, to look up to, 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 to look forward to, God, to, to draw our strength from, to, to draw, God, what we do from. And, 
And Lord Jesus, I ask that you would empower every single man here, Lord God, to love like you love, yeah. to yeah. serve like you serve, God, to be strong and bold and yeah. courageous, to have moral courage, to stand up for what's right, to stand up for what's true. Lord, forgive us. For, for times in, in our life when we've excused ourselves because of how much we've worked or how busy we've been from, from being the husbands we've been called to be, from being the fathers we've been called to be, from being the men we've been called to be, from serving as you've called us to serve, Lord God. Help us and give us the strength. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it apart from you, but with you, we can do all things. So help us, God, through your power, through your strength, to be strong and yeah, bold yeah. and courageous and loving and, sel and, and selfless, God, as you've called us to, Lord God. I speak a blessing over every man here in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause, or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc, or call 714-255-0930.